tell you all, 97% humidity. Do you feel it? <laughs> Listen, um, do we have any more of those fans, Miss Julie, in the, underneath the thing? If someone needs a fan, Miss Julie's going to hand them out. Just so you can go like this. Just so you can be like an old school church lady, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now we truly are a Flint church. Just, woo. I need, I need a hanky so I can be like, ooh, yeah. That's, that's when you know you're an inner city preacher. We had the hanky, and uh, I, need a, I need a bald head for the hanky, though. <sighs> okay, so we're getting some fans for everybody. Um, before, as the fans come out, I want to say a few things. We always say, oh, if you need a fan, hand up. Miss Julie's got some hands. Right here, a couple in the front row here. Hook them up. That'd be really nice just because it's, it's hot. You feel it. It's hot. We always say we are for Flint. We have some yep, over, right, right here and right here. If you're not here, this, if you're online watching and you're in AC, I don't know what to say. Um, we have some in the front row too, Miss Julie, and that'll be awesome. So, we always say as a church, we are for Jesus, for Flint, and for God's kingdom. When I say for Jesus, that means we, lo we, we, we love Jesus. When we say for Flint, we mean we love our city. Today, one of our families that's part of our church are not here today. Um, my brother, a good friend, and a good brother in Christ, James Clausen's family are not here because James is out preaching in Davison, covering a pulpit for a ministry we're friends with. And that's, that's something where we love doing. We love as a church coming alongside other churches and blessing them and, and just giving so they can be made stronger. We love that. Um, Mike and Amanda, who's, who led worship today, they're from down south of Kensington, the Woodside, Kensington. Woodside, I'm sorry. Um, they're at Woodside down south, and they drove like an hour north to help us lead worship today for that. That's because as a church, we have many people in our family. It's a good thing because other churches are not our competitors. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And when they do well, we celebrate, right? So we're, we're glad James is doing that. Also, we say for, for Flint, this weekend, our good brother Roy in the front row, if you don't know Brother Roy, gives the best hugs in the church. Well, maybe him or Tony, one of the two. But Brother Roy started a program on the north side promoting literacy among kids in the north side of our city. Because the north side of Flint is a rough part of our city. So Mr. Roy has, this, um, has a greenhouse out there, grows vegetables, he gives to all the neighbors in the neighborhood, and he has kids come to the garden every Wednesday for story hour. And so that started this week, and for that, we give God praise. That, here's the deal. And I, I, it's a, there's a hand clap. People in our church are doing things all over the place you don't hear about. It's not just what we as an organization do, but what we as people are doing all over the city. People are all over the city doing things for God all the time that you don't hear about. And it's awesome. So we're going to pray, or we'll read then we'll pray. So we're going to read Psalm 110. Psalm 110. Then we'll pray together. So here's what Psalm 110 says. A Psalm of David. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. 
Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Let us pray. Thank you for your word that is true, O Lord. And I ask that as we come, I mean, it's hot. It's humid. Many of us have so many things on our mind and heart, so many burns and weights from the life waiting for us outside this basement. But Lord, help us to hear you in this time. May your spirit cut through all the noise, cut through all the discomfort. May your word grab a hold of our hard hearts and shake us loose just for this moment. Help us remember who you are and who we are called to be in you. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen. We've been in the Psalms all month. Music's a very powerful thing. The Psalms are songs. And songs are very, I love music. Not everyone does this. I love music. Music and for me, music is not something I put on in the background. Music has power. Like, we listened to a song of sadness earlier in the month, a psalm of lament, because songs can make you sad. There are some songs I play just to get my tears flowing. No joke. We read a, song, we read a psalm the other day. It was a psalm of anger. Some music can get you, like, amped up. Like, run, like a, if you have a running playlist... You put that in, that, that, that music, well, you want to get your heart pumping, your adrenaline flowing, right? Um, if you ever see UFC, every time a UFC fighter comes out, there's a song playing. That song is his, like, battle music. It's meant to get his heart rate. Usually it's, like, metal or rock and roll or something that's like, yeah! Music can get your blood boiling. Today, we study a song of hope. Because some songs... Some songs can give us hope for a better tomorrow. When I was uh, 20, 21 years old, I'd fell out of college. I'd been fired from a church. I just had a massive surgery rebuilding my knee after a football injury. I was living in my mother's basement. I had no room. My mom moved into a new house when I went to college, so I never had a room in my mom's house. So I just slept in this big basement room full of stuff, and I just found a couch, and I slept on that. So I am in a pretty low place in life. I'm in this basement, and it's a grungy basement. It's so grungy, my brothers swear to me to this day, it's haunted. But I never saw nothing down there, but they said there was stuff down there. But I slept down there in that basement, and I felt like a failure. My life bottomed out. I let everybody down. It, the feeling I had was a feeling of there is no hope. I blew it, and I have no idea if my life will ever get back on a good track. 
It feels so derailed right now. And what I would do, laying there in that dark basement, I would put on, uh, I had a, a tape I made. I, I'm, this is before iPad, iPods. This, this is before, this, I had a tape player. I made this tape. And the tape was called, Don't Give Up. And I put that tape on full of songs telling me not to give up. The first song, the first song on my tape was a song by Peter Gabriel. Yeah, anyone know Peter Gabriel? 80s awesomeness. Remember us anything? The, the jukebox in the air? Peter Gabriel. There's a song he has called Don't Give Up. I put that song on. And that, that, the music was meant to tell me that the feeling I had, though it seemed so big, it was passing. There was something else beyond this hurt. There were songs to help me hope for a better tomorrow. Well, this song, Psalm 110, is a song of hope. The Hebrews would sing this song to remind them there was a better tomorrow coming. Now, here's the deal. It says it's a Psalm of David. So this song is written in a good time. This song was written in the 90s, basically. Remember the 90s when everybody had great jobs? And inflation, gas cost like less than a dollar a gallon? The 90s was off the chain in America. Everybody had cheese money. So it's, it's David's ruling over Israel. Everyone's got money. But even in that moment of military strength and financial strength, the Hebrews still knew there was something more to life than a big account, more than military strength. They knew there was something more than what they could see, touch, or taste. They, the Hebrews, looked forward to salvation in someone they called Messiah. Someone who would come and would make all the bad things go away. The Messiah would come, this son of Eve would come and crush the devil. This son of Abraham would come and be a blessing to all the world. This son of David would come and be a forever king over a forever kingdom. And the Hebrews sang songs, waiting, saying, someday Messiah will come. The song begins this way. The Lord says to my Lord, we'll stop right there. It's a very odd sentence. It's like saying, Ernesto said to Ernesto. It makes no sense, right? God says to God. The Lord says to my Lord. Now you notice in your Bible, you might have the first word Lord is all the capital letters. In the Hebrew it says, Yahweh says to Adonai. Yahweh is a name God gave Moses at, at, at the burning bush, the great I am. So I am says to Adonai. God says to God. And you're like, this is really odd. How can God talk to God? Now, most Hebrews thought Messiah was going to be the coolest dude who ever lived. He was going to be the best presidential candidate of all time. Some of you don't remember this. Some of you might object to this. It's okay. You're allowed to. 
But a few years ago, we had a big election in America, and President Obama was elected the first African-American president in American history. In Chicago, they had a big um, acceptance speech where he accepted, accepted, accepted the results that he was the president. And there was a feeling that this was a big deal. There was a feeling in America like this is a big deal, the first African-American president. There was a feeling of, wow. Like the, the, the whole that thing, what, um, change was the, the sign, right? The, the sign said change on it. And it was just, there was a, a lot of people had this thought that, man, we have a, a, a black president. There was hope in people's hearts. And people thought Messiah would be like that. Messiah would be a really good political candidate, a good speaker, a good politician, a really cool dude, okay? Messiah's a really cool dude. But apparently Messiah is more than a really cool dude. Jesus is going to quote this verse in Matthew 22. I turn there now. Matthew 22, you understand, Jesus heard this song his whole life. And one day, he says to the Pharisees, he says, and when the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question saying, what do you think about Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, he's the son of David. And Jesus said to them, how is it then that David in the spirit calls him God, calls him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put my enemies, or your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how is he his son? Jesus is saying, Messiah is more than a really cool dude. Messiah is God. When Messiah comes, Messiah is going to be God incarnate among us. God's going to come down from heaven and walk among humanity. And the Pharisees said, blasphemy. Because God can't come down. But here's the thing. We're told that Messiah is Lord. And we know from the scriptures who Messiah is. We know who the promised son of Eve is. We know who the promised son of Abraham is. And we know who the promised son of David is. The Messiah is Jesus. So much so, we literally change his name. So my name's Ernesto Alanis. I have a first name and a family name. In Israel, you didn't have two names. Your name was essentially your name and where you're from. So like Nick Flint, your name is biblical. That's it's a very good name. Uh, <laughs> I would be Ernesto of Corpus. You know what I'm saying? So born in Corpus Christi. Your name is you and the town you were raised in. You know what I'm saying? Jesus' name was Jesus of Nazareth. But so many people called him Messiah, or the Greek, Christ. They called him Christ Jesus, or Jesus the Christ. They said it so often, they just dropped the the, and it became Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah. Because the Hebrews thought, here's the one we've been waiting for. And Jesus, for those of us who love Jesus, he's more to us than just a really cool dude. He's not one teacher among all teachers. He's not one book among all books. Jesus is Lord. He is God. And because he's God, he's worthy of our worship. Every one of us at some point in our, our weeks and our days need to, if we, if we say we're Christians, if we say we're in Christ, 
if Christ is our Lord, he deserves our worship. For me, one thing I do to keep Christ number one in my head and heart, I don't know about you, but um, bowing the knee is a very big deal to me. I once, when I moved to Waterford, Michigan, I got jumped by the kids at Waterford. My first week of school. And they're waiting for me after school. I was walking home, this big group waiting for me. And the one kid that wanted to beat me up the most, he said, if you get on your knees and kiss, or kiss my shoe, we won't beat you up. And I, I'm, I'm a new kid in a new town. There's 14 versus one. I'm getting my head kicked in this day. All I gotta do is bow down, kiss a shoe, no beating, right? They told me, you know, if you bow down, kiss my shoe, and I was like, these are new pants, guys. And they beat the crap out of me. But back, listen, I have this thing in my head. I bow to no man. That's a proud American machismo Mexican thing. Like, beat my face in. I, and listen, there was a point I was hanging on to a tree, and they were beating on me. And I'm like, I'm not going down. I was like De Niro Raging Bull. You never knock me down. Um, but I, I who hate bowing the knee, I make it a point to bow the knee to Jesus. I may bow to no man, but Jesus is the Lord. And I try to, at least once a day, get down on my knees to remember who he is and who I am before him. He is high lifted up, and I am low, low down here. We need to give Jesus some worship because he is our Lord. Our Lord. He is God Almighty and worthy of... Our songs are about how great Jesus is. I love the songs today. Mike, Mike and Amanda, good selection, man. That he has risen song was bad to the bone. And I love the song, Turn Your Eyes, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Amanda, what a good song. Jesus is worthy of our worship. But in this, in, in Psalm, Jesus, the Messiah is Lord, but the Messiah is also king. Listen to this. Listen to this language of the king. It says, the Lord sends, so Yahweh sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. That, the imagery of a scepter is a kingly thing, right? The king has his scepter. So the, the Messiah's scepter, he, he, he's the ruler, the king, rule in the midst of your enemies. The, the Messiah rules. Your people offer themselves freely on the day of your power. The people will come to your throne and give you their allegiance. You'll be in your holy garments from the womb of the morning. The dew of your youth will be yours. We see Messiah is not just Lord. Messiah is king. Jesus is king. And this means if Christ is king, and he is, the angels call him the king of kings. If Christ is king, there's this movie that came out, really funny movie, with Will Ferrell. The racing one, the legend of Ricky Bobby. Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. Some of you guys are like, don't you talk bad about movie, Pastor. Um, so Talladega Nights comes out, and there's one scene at the dinner table where Ricky Bobby, it's a funny scene, but it's real blasphemous, a little bit blasphemous. He's like, I like praying to baby Jesus. I love thinking about Jesus, just this sweet little tiny baby Jesus. And a lot of us think of that way. We think of Jesus the way we want, I think of Jesus the way I want him to be. Jesus is like, he's my friend or my helper. 
And he is those things. But he's not only that. Jesus is not a sweet little tiny baby you carry around. Jesus, though he came to earth and he was made weak like we are, Jesus, Messiah, is the king of all creation. Listen, when, when he reveals himself in his power, people fall down. When they come to arrest him, they say, we're looking for Jesus. He's like, I am he. And the guards fall down. The men with swords and armor fall down just from, his, from, from the power of his word. When Pontius Pilate says to him, Pontius Pilate says, you want to answer me? Don't you know, Jesus, I have the power to crucify you or set you free? And Christ says, Pilate, you have no power over me except the power my Father's given you. Like Christ was afraid of all of these people. Wasn't afraid of any of them because Jesus, he said once, man, if I wanted to, I'd call legion of angels right now. They would set me free. Christ is the king. And if he's the king, then we should obey him. If he's our king, he has the right to tell us what to do. Jesus is allowed to mess up our business. I had a friend tell me recently, two years ago, I had a friend tell me, talking about life, he was a pastor buddy, and he said to me, something about weddings, and he said, how much did you get paid for weddings? Oh, not very much, you know, I live in Flint. And uh, he goes, well, how much did you make last year? I'm like, I don't know what I made last year. He goes, what do you mean you don't know? What did you tell the IRS? I'm like, I told him nothing, it's my money. And he goes, you gotta report that. I'm like, no. And he showed me that pastors got to report any money given in a wedding or a funeral. That's, that's part of our salary. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. He said, well, it's true. And now I know this. I'm like, you shouldn't have told me that I could have been ignorant and kept the money. No, but uh, so I, now I know this is the truth. Now I have a choice before me. Do I continue to pretend I don't know? Or do I report the money to the government? I was praying about it, and the answer came so fast. I'm like, Lord, should I obey the law? Yes. Oh, man. And I'm like, and they tax like a third of what you get because like it's like self-employed stuff. I'm like, but Lord, obey the law. When we belong to Jesus, we do what he says. When he speaks and convicts our hearts, we got to do what he says. I was at college this week, and there was this guy, I thought he was kind of a weird dude, I kind of just ignored him, and one day I was praying that night, and the Lord said, go talk to that man. I'm like, but Lord, I don't want to, and the Lord's like, talk to him, and I went to talk to him, and I heard his story, and all my bad feelings were completely misguided, and that conversation was a blessing to both of us in powerful ways. When God tells you to act, you got to act. When God says you can't do something, you don't do it. If Christ is king, we got to obey him. He's not just our savior, he's also our king. we got to do what he says. Jesus is also our priest. Listen to this. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There's a lot in that one line. I'll just say it this way. In Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says, Jesus is our high priest. 
and he's a greater priest than the sons of Aaron because he's after the order of Melchizedek. The main thing you got to know is this, is that Jesus is a priest for us. And if Jesus is our priest, priests bring their people to the Lord. If Christ is our priest, if, if, if Messiah is our priest, that means we're allowed to go to the Father. I can go to the Father because Jesus opens the door for me. Not because we deserve it, because Christ, he allows us to do it. I was at school last week. Uh, a few, few months ago, a few classes ago, I met a lady at school, the coolest lady ever, named Mrs. B. Mrs. B is a black woman, and she's, she's older. She's so old, in fact, she was the first black girl to go to an all-white school in Alabama. She was there for integration. How crazy is that? She has stories for days. She told me she went to this white school, and no one would talk to her. She's the only black girl in her grade. And all the kids ignored her. But by her senior year, her and all the girls in that class became best friends, which blew the town's mind that these little kids could help heal those years of racism. Because kids only know what we tell them, you know what I'm saying? They can be smarter than us sometimes. She goes, University of Alabama, this black woman does. She's the first African-American woman ever to be named homecoming queen at the University of Alabama. Roll Tide, right? She's the, the homecoming queen. And during the, uh, if, you don't, if you don't get college football, Alabama's like, like there's like U of M, Alabama. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it used to be true. Uh, but <laughs> oh, 20 years ago. Um, so Alabama's like really high. So during halftime, they have the homecoming parade. She comes out there, and there was a um, tradition where the governor would come out and give the homecoming queen her crown, and the governor would kiss the homecoming queen. The governor, though, at the time, was McG McGovern. Is that his name? He's the guy who stood against integration and got shot for doing that. Was that McGovern? George Wallace. See, Roy, you would know. You would know. Honestly, George Wallace stood against bringing whites and blacks together and someone shot him when he ran for president. And he was still the governor in a wheelchair, came down halftime, and the, the tradition was, you kiss the homecoming queen. And he gives her a crown, looks at her, and he tells her, I'm sorry, ma'am, Alabama's not ready for a white man to kiss a black woman. And didn't give her a kiss. So she was there for all that stuff. And me and her were the only like, non-white kids in our class. We became really good friends. She was like my grandma. She was so sweet. Well, I didn't know this, but she is friends with all the minorities on campus. Wheaton is a very wealthy school. There's not a lot of minorities in that school. Most of minorities work in the kitchen, you know what I'm saying? And she knows all the minorities in the school. Well, she told them all, I didn't know this, Ernesto is a Mexican kid going to school here. He's my friend. You take care of him. I didn't know she said that. So we're going to lunch one day, last, last week. And the professor goes, and he says, I will get you a special professor guest rate for lunch. Now, the normal rate is 13 bucks to eat there. Well, I was running late. The professor and his, went in, and the, the guest rate, so it's 13 bucks normal. Guest rate's 850 I get there late, and I'm like, I'll pay the 13 bucks. I go to the lady. I'm like, I'm Ernesto. Here's like, I've got to eat. And she's like, you're Ernesto? I'm like, I'm Ernesto. She gives you a smile. She says, Mrs. So-and-so says, hi. I'm like, 
All right, that's cool. I get my receipt, and I look, and it's six bucks. The whole time I was there at Wheaton, they charged me the staff rate for, for food. Mrs. B told all the people, you take care of Nesto for me. So everywhere I went on that campus, all the minorities just took care of me. Discounts at the bookstore, I paid less to eat, and I realized, you know what's awesome? Having friends on the inside. Like having someone on the inside, that's the hookup right there. Like I go to the, 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 the counter thing, like, hey, I'm Ernesto. They give me a double scoop, like you're thinking quesadillas. You're like, hey, like it was awesome. Having someone on the inside was the best. Having someone telling the people with power to take care of my friend is awesome. And Jesus, our priest, he's on the inside. He's telling the Father, when I pray to the Father, I'm like, Father, I need your help. And who am I? Who are we? Nobody's. But Jesus goes, that's my boy. That's my girl. Take care of them. Jesus, our mediator, our high priest, goes to the Father for us. And because he's our priest, we have someone on the inside. We can go to the Father. Because he's our priest, we can go to the Father. We can pray even when we don't deserve to. And the Father hears our prayers. So Jesus is our Lord, and Jesus is our King, and Jesus is our priest. Listen how, the, listen how the story ends. This song ends. The song ends, the Lord's at your right hand. He will shatter kings of the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment upon the nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter the chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Now, most of the language I get, he's crushing the other kings, he's, you know, executing on the nations, he shatters the chiefs. This last verse I never got, he will drink from the brook by the way. What does that even mean? I finally figured it out. The king has gone to war and defeated all his enemies. And when the war is over, you know what he does? Gets down to the river and has a drink. And looks up at the world he has made right. At my house, I got, I got a small yard, but I have, I got to mow my grass, you know? And I don't have, some, some of you have lawnmowers that you stand on or sit on. That's pretty awesome. Some of you have lawnmowers that you pull a handle down and it pulls you. Whoa. Self-powered. I have a lawnmower with some blades on the inside. And you got to push hard to make those blades spin. It's a human-powered lawnmower. You understand? Like my grandpa used to have. You get what I'm saying? It's an old-school, ancient machine. It's my lawnmower. When I mow my lawn, I, it's a hot summer this summer, guys. I mow my lawn, and I sweat. I just push through the front yard. I take a break. <sighs> Go to the backyard. The kids pick up all the dog droppings. Usually they get them all. I hope because they hit that, those blades. That's bad for everybody. Well, it's bad for me, basically. <laughs> Thanks, kids. Did a great job. Um, but I do the backyard, and when I'm done doing all the lawn, I'm, my clothes are, pants are sticky, sweaty. I'll go inside, go into my fridge, and I have in my fridge, always kept cold for a moment, just like this, a bottle of Mexican Coca-Cola. 
a bottle of Mexican Coca-Cola. I pull it off. You see the beads of sweat on the outside of the glass. And a Mexican Coca-Cola, Mexican Coke, is better than American Coke. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Mexican Coke is made with sugar cane. American Coke is made with sugar beets. So Mexican Coke is sweeter than American Coke. I take that Coke. You see the cold come off? Like a commercial. I go on my back deck, look at the lawn I just, I just mowed. I just go... That's a job well done. When the king is victorious over all the earth, it says, he drinks from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. If we are in Christ, we get to share in his victory. A lot of people live as though everyone's afraid, Christians are always afraid of losing. What if the world does this? Or what if this person gets elected? People are afraid that, it, that, that somehow the train is going to go off the tracks. Listen, Christ is in charge. Ain't no one beating him. If we're in Christ, I don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. This is a song of hope because, listen, if we're in Christ, I can have hope that whatever I'm going through today, whatever I am experiencing today, if I am in Christ's hands, I can at least know it's going to be redeemed for good. And a lot of the time, Christ will carry you out of that suffering and into a new season, a better season. He is our hope. Christ is going to win the victory. He's going to win the victory. And I hope that you that are here, I hope you love Jesus. I hope you talk I hope you call upon Jesus. I hope you pray to Jesus. I hope you take time to listen to Jesus. Because if you know Christ, then he will be your Lord, and he will be your king, and he will be your high priest, and he will be your victory. And if Christ is your victory, what do you have to fear? What do we have to fear? Nothing. With that said, let us pray together. Father in heaven, what is our hope? A lot of us hope in a lot of different things, Lord. Our hope is in maybe a relationship, our hope is in a job. These things are good. They're gifts you give, and we're grateful for these gifts. We're grateful for jobs that provide. We're grateful for friendships that provide community and love. At the end of all things, our hope has to be you and you alone. Everything else gets shaken. Everything else falls down. Everything else goes away. Help us to be satisfied with you, O oh Lord. You are enough. You are enough. We love you, Lord, very much. Receive our worship this day. In Christ's name, we ask all these things. Amen.